Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you, and enjoy. I am Tommy Dome, the Director of Evangelization, and I am real happy to have as a guest today Father Kevin Shemaga. Hello, Tommy, and hello to parishioners at St. Basil's. I miss being with you. I'm pastor now of um, Our Lady of Guadalupe, and I was ordained in um, 1983, and I came to St. Basil's in 2012, so you had a seasoned priest when I was there, <laughs> and I spent four years, at, almost four years at St. Basil's, and I enjoyed the moments there, walking, praying, being with the young and the old, communion calls I did a lot of, and visiting the sick, so under the tutelage of Father Walt Jenny. And then Father Dave <laughs> Libertor is a very, 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 very close friend of mine, and so I see Father Dave pretty regularly, and we talk, so um, I'm happy to be with you. Awesome, and I really wanted to talk to you just to reconnect, since we are friends and I haven't seen you in a little bit but also because you have a great devotion to saints. It was clear from your homilies and from your own spiritual life, and I thought that that is a topic that some people know a whole lot about. Some people have great devotion to saints, but not everybody does. So I thought we'd have a little conversation about making new friends, devotion to saints with Father Kevin. Before we get started with your own devotion to saints and how that progressed through your life, I just wanted to address the question that often comes up, which is, why do we even pray to saints? And is that biblical? So I got together a short little list of some scripture quotes that talk about interceding, that talk about saints. I wanted to bring some of those up. There's some beautiful imagery in some of these first ones from the book of Revelation. And I just wanted to get that out of the way before we get into the conversation. In the book of Revelation, chapter 8, verses 3 and 4, St. John says this, Another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer, and he was given much incense to mingle with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense rose with the prayers of the saints from the hand of the angel before God. Here's another one from Revelation chapter 5. Also some really cool imagery here. When the Lamb had taken the scroll... The four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp, and with golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. So we see there, in two different places in the book of Revelation, prayers of the saints being offered to God. St. Paul also has a couple different things uh, where he mentions the intercession of the saints. In 1 Timothy 2, he says that he urges that supplications and prayers and intercessions and thanksgivings be made for everyone. A memorable scene from the Gospels that many people will be familiar with is the wedding at Cana, when Mary, the mother of Jesus, is there and they've run out of wine, and Mary intercedes. She, she notices the situation, and she talks to the servers at the wedding, and she says to them, do whatever he tells you meaning Jesus. Do whatever Jesus tells you. And right there, she is interceding in a situation to help bring a good outcome. 
Another place, St. Paul, in 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, mentions that we are God's fellow workers, that we're co-workers, and that God works through us. I think the last one to mention would be John 15, 5, where we hear these really cool words from Jesus, I am the vine, you are the branches. And if we think about if we're connected to Jesus here on earth, and the saints are connected to Jesus, the saints in heaven, and where each branch is connected to the one vine, then that means that we are still connected to the saints in heaven through Jesus. And he is that one mediator between God and men, as 1 Timothy 2.5 says. But in his unique mediation, he allows other people to intercede, saints in heaven and us for each other here on earth, to help one another. So we do not worship saints We reverence them and we honor them, uh, but we do not worship them. Worship is for God alone. Well, that is a truckload of scripture right there. But let's get back to Father Kevin and see what kind of saints played a role in his upbringing as a young boy. Well, the first one um, is St. Augustine. I'm from St. Augustine Church in Barberton, Ohio. That was my home parish. So I always had a familiarity with Augustine. What really came out when I was a senior at Archbishop Hoban High School, I was contemplating where to go to college. And it came to the second half of the year, and I was about to enter into graduation from high school, and then I wanted to go to college. And the Lord interceded through St. Augustine to me. Hmm. So I don't know if you want me to tell you a quick story yeah, about go ahead. it, but I was taken a class at Augusta, at uh, Hoban High School on the saints and philosophers and wise people, well, mainly saints. And the first person we took was St. Augustine. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a book, which we'll uh, later maybe talk about, but it's called The Confessions of St. Augustine. It was his, it was his um, testimony of faith, how God worked in his life. So we were taking the seminar course, and of course, uh, we were supposed to read the whole confessions. Well, I'm a senior in high school, and uh, the night before <laughs> we're supposed to have like a discussion on this or a test, I started to pick up the book. It was a Sunday afternoon. It was snowy, and I had, my grandmother had an old copy of the Confessions of St. Augustine. It's a rather long rendition of his faith. And I opened this old copy, and it kind of fell apart in my hands. The binding was bad. And on page one, first paragraph, (laughs) he ends the first paragraph with this famous quote, for you have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless till they rest in you. And I stopped and I said, I've seen that quote before. Well, above the pulpit at St. Augustine's is that quote. Oh, really? And so I stopped and it seemed like a flood of grace was coming into me. I felt restless didn't know what to do. At that and time the Lord kind of moved me. Mm-hmm. Not kind of. He did. You know, the Lord uses the saints, like you were saying about intercession, about model of union. And uh, St. Augustine moved me to consider priesthood. Well, here I am, ordained 36 years almost. And so I went into Borromeo then, mm-hmm. St. Mary's Seminary, and then was ordained. So Augustine is one of my top ones let's put it that way that's great so he but he's in in the history of the church he's probably arguably one of the top doctors of the church and a bishop because of his teaching his insight into 
into God, into the church, into the Trinity, into the Eucharist, the sacraments. So he's one of the top saints. So that's a short story, but it's my, one of my significant saints, uh, St. Augustine. And it's similar to St. Augustine's own story when he had a, a restless life. He was doing a lot of questioning, and then that child's voice came to him and said, pick up and read. And he, exactly. he saw that, that, that passage from Romans. And same thing with you. You were inspired well, that, to and you mentioned that the saints parallel our lives and they're in union with us. So our lives are not much different than theirs. And I'm going to add that we're all called to be saints. Right on. Now, some are canonized. I call that the Hall of Fame. Not everybody makes. Like I love baseball, but not everybody makes the Hall makes of it Fame. To Cooperstown. But we're all called the. You know, we're all can play the game, and so canonization is making the hall of fame and they become a model of of holiness and sainthood but we're all called by baptism confirmation mm -hmm. and the eucharist to be saints yeah to become perfect as our heavenly well, become holy in this life and as best we can mm -hmm. we're all sinners but and so is augustine yeah but we're all sinners and we um ask the lord's grace and the intercession of the saints especially our Blessed Mother, mm -hmm. to keep us on the right path to holiness. So St. Augustine helped you out, yes. and God inspired you at that moment, and here you are, ordained a priest for decades, but did you fail the test the next day? I don't know what happened the next day. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Yep. Because <laughs> I only I put the book down. I probably did fail because that's all I read. <laughs> yeah. One but that paragraph, was all you But needed. that's all, you know, if you, if you look at the at the confessions, read that first paragraph. Yeah. And then you don't have to read the whole thing cover to cover, but you, you go through and look at the chapters, and sometimes you can't read a whole saint's book. That's one of, besides the Holy Scriptures, that's one of the finest presentations of holiness I've ever read. Yeah. So you, you, you kind of, you don't have to read the whole book. You can go through and pick mm -hmm. out chapters, and like chapter 10 is so beautiful. So I, I would advise reading chapter 10 of the Confessions all the way through, because there's some really powerful presentations by Augustine of faith. Oh. You know, you know what is also providential? Right now, we are in the library room at Our Lady Guadalupe Parish, and I was setting up these microphones, and there is a copy of St. Augustine's Confessions right. right there on the top, exactly. right on the top of that pile. And it's, it's bent, and it's clear that it's been read a couple different times, so that's pretty awesome. Well, in the history of the church, is probably the, one of the top spiritual books ever written. And I've heard that that it's one of the first autobiographies ever written, too. Right. That wasn't a real genre in literature before that. And and also right. that that line that you said, our hearts are restless till they rest in you. I've also read that that is the most quoted line in Christianity outside of the Bible. All right, so who else? Who else has played a, played a role in your life? Well, another one recently came into my life was Padre Pio. He was a Capuchin priest who died in 1968. But Padre Pio lived in Italy, and he was very close to our Lord. In fact, so close, there's only been a few people in the history of the church that have received this stigmata. That is the five holy wounds of Jesus. Hmm. And he received that stigmata as a young priest in front of the cross. So many thought he was a was fake mm -hmm. at the beginning, and he suffered tremendously through his whole life. Because people didn't understand him, because he was holy. 
Yeah. When you meet somebody that's holy, they're different. Yes. Right? And they're inspiring people. So even the church didn't understand him. Mm-hmm. But well, Jesus uh, he too had, wasn't understood right, exactly. in his time. But he was very that's that shows a union with Christ. He had the stigmata. He was very holy person of prayer. He did a lot of works of charity. In fact, he started a hospital in Italy that he sponsored hmm. for the sick. And he has a great healing power. But the reason why I became very close to him is because I went through a very difficult time about 13 years ago, and he kind of came into my life through through writings again. Hmm. Um, I don't remember exactly what I what book I read. I can't name it right now, but he's had various writings and letters. So I read some things, and I became very close to him, and I've had intercessory experiences of him. And now there's a group at St. Barnabas is very close, mm-hmm. the Padre Pio group, and I'm, I work with them, and they come over here for the feast day. Oh, cool. And I'm trying to put in a, a shrine here at Our Lady Guadalupe to Padre Pio uh-huh. to make this a place of pilgrimage. So he's another one. Mother Teresa is another one. I have great devotion to her. I want to meet her. She's a little woman who did great things for God. That's what she's, that's, she was just a little humble woman, mm-hmm. very prayerful and charitable. I'll tell you one story about her real quick and then we'll go on. But Mother Teresa, as you well know, worked in Calcutta and she was walking down the street one day and she saw an abandoned child in the street dirty, hungry, abandoned, crying. She scooped the child up, put it in her uh, shawl, and went immediately went right into the bakery, which was right there, to get some food and drink for the child. And she took the baby and was crying, dirty, smelly, mm-hmm. and leaned over the counter and said to the, the baker, he said, could I have some food for my child? I have no money. And he spit in her face. Oh, my. And so Mother Teresa stopped and wiped the spit off her face and the child's face and said, thanks for that gift, but could I have some food now? (laughs) And she got the food. That didn't stop her. And so to me, that exemplifies her beauty. That she doesn't lend it, you know, we would, many of us would take a swing at the guy or Or get angry. Or just leave. But she persisted and because she had one goal is to get food for that child. She didn't care what she had to go through. Now that demonstrates for me what it means to be a saint, that you persevere for other people. And I hope that's what we do in our life, that we persevere in our holiness, not for ourselves primarily, it's for others. Like you're a father, Tommy, I'm a priest. Others are have other vocations. It's you persevere not for yourself, but for others. That's why I do this. I enjoy parish priesthood. I enjoy being with people. And that's all I do. I, As a priest, as a pastor, you're not to solve problems mm-hmm. because I, I can't do that. You know, only the Lord can do that. I just accompany people and shepherd them closer to the Lord. That's, that's my role. Through preaching, teaching, things that we're doing here on the podcast, that's the way that we shepherd people. Mm-hmm. So those we each are, have our little part to play. 
And yes. St. Paul says it too about, you know, I'm going to water and someone else is going to harvest and yeah. I'm going to pick up where somebody else left off and somebody's going to pick up where I leave off. But we're, we're all in this together. I think that's one of the main points about the intercession of the saints is that mm-hmm. we are all connected. It goes back to John 15, 5, that Jesus is divine and we are all the branches, but we're still all connected. Even with the people who have died before us and are in heaven, we are still connected. What a joy it must be for the saints in heaven who brought people to Jesus while they were alive on earth, what a continued joy it must be for them to be still bringing people to Jesus as their as their continued work. And we in call heaven. that the communion of saints. That's one of the truths of our creed. Yeah, is the communion of saints. Now, Tommy, you have some favorite saints. I want to hear what what your favorites are, so we can share. Who do you, who are you in communion with that has a special place in your life? Well, there's a couple different. I'm really attracted to Carmelite spirituality. You know, the sort of the negative way it's sometimes called. You know, Lent is my favorite liturgical season. Fasting is something I get a ton of spiritual benefit from. I'm a real earthy, fleshly kind of guy. Food and lust, and these are the sins I struggle with. But fasting and devote making a sacrifice and devoting something to God, I get a ton of spiritual benefit. And I've just found St. John of the Cross and St. Teresa of Avila, their writings can be really deep, and I don't understand them all, but that's sort of what also appeals to me, is I can read that and I can say, wow, there is something major here. Like, they are not mediocre. They are going all in for Jesus, and they are willing to carry whatever cross there is in order to spread the kingdom. And you mentioned Padre Peel before. I read a book about him that uh, it was just a record of the investigation into him. You know, you were saying people didn't believe him, they didn't like him, and a priest was sent in to observe him and interview him and really see if this was all true. So, yeah, he had a lot of struggles. Mother Teresa, too, you know, decades where she felt desolation, but she just kept on serving. And I see, I see that in, in St. John of the Cross and Teresa of Avila as well. St. Teresa of Avila just crisscrossing Spain, founding monasteries. Just hard work and many miracles. They would show up at this abandoned building and decide that this is going to be their new convent. And they had nothing, just nothing, absolutely nothing, not, no possessions. And they would pray, and then some guy would walk by and be like, hey, hey, who's in here? Oh, some nuns. And he had just come into some money with some investments or something, and he would help set him up. It's amazing, amazing stories. And then uh, St. Catherine of Siena is another another real inspiring one for me. Again, very deep writings. Maybe that's something that we could talk about is a way to get into devotion to the saints, because some of them have such profound writings. Like, you know, you pick up the Summa Theologia by St. Thomas Aquinas, it's it's brilliant, but it might not be for everybody. And then you have someone like Mother Teresa. It seems like anything you pick up by her is very accessible and simple and profound. Are there any writings by her that you that you remember? Or um, I know just some of her Not specifically. Quotes. She has so many books. Yeah, she has so many books that have been written about her. And for one that I did write, it was by... Uh, uh, a priest who wrote about her desolation, Come Be My Light. Mm-hmm. And I forget the author of that, but that was a good one. 
But as far as a recommendation for just overall saints, what I would recommend for people to do is what, what deacons, priests, religious, and bishops are to do every day and read the Office of Readings. Now, in mm. the Office of Readings, it's one of the liturgical hours of the church. When there's a saint in the calendar, there is a presentation of their writings or about them in that office. Now, you can get that. You can buy the office itself, but you can get uh, an app that that presents the litur- litur- liturgical hours and read that every day. Now, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And then I have a couple books on the saints that have been written, and I don't know their titles right off, but there's many, many. If you go on Amazon, you can look up the saints and see some uh, authors that have written on the saints. If you want that, you can email me and I'll send you the the uh, the text, the name of the text itself. But I would I would offer the liturgy of the hours, office of readings, it's called, and read that every day. Now, some days there's not a saint, but there are the days there are saints. There is a presentation of their writing, and I find that very helpful. And I huh. get to be in union with them through their writing there. And you can always pick out something in their life that applies to you, always. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would recommend to the faithful. Yeah, if some of the deep writings seem intimidating Mm -hmm. or seem unfruitful, I think any biography of any saint is going to have some amazing stories. So just the story of their life and then reading their spiritual writings. If you're not going to read the the theological treatises, then go for the spiritual writings, because even St. Thomas Aquinas's spiritual writings are just beautiful. The poems that he wrote about the Eucharist are, are just awesome. So go with some biographies of a saint or spiritual writings of a saint, the primary works, the words, the words themselves. Well, anyone else that we should mention real quick? I guess we got to, of course, we got to talk about Mary. You mentioned her before, and she is somebody we honor with the utmost honor we can give to a human. She brings us to Jesus. Some of the depth about how she nurtures the body of Christ. You know, you think about when she was pregnant with Jesus in her room. She is there nurturing and nourishing the physical body of Christ. And now... She continues to nurture and nourish the body of Christ, which is all of us. So she is everywhere. She is humble, and she uh, is the mother of the church. What about you and in, uh, in Our Lady Guadalupe or any other Mary reflections? Well, um, yeah, Our Lady Guadalupe, especially uh, since I'm pastor of the only parish named after her in the whole diocese of Cleveland, I have a great devotion to her. In fact, I'm having a friend of mine who is a psychologist, great prayerful woman. She is painting an icon for the parish of Our oh. Lady Guadalupe. Awesome. So prayerfully she's presenting. That's a whole other podcast you could do on icons. But she's prayerfully presenting that to the parish. And we're going to put that in our church. Cool. Another, another. Uh, if you don't like to read and you like movies, a great movie I saw last year was Paul the Apostle. It's St. Luke and Paul. Luke is writing down Paul's reflection in prison, but it's a great, great movie. If you like movies, get it on Netflix and watch it. It's wonderful. Now, there's some gory scenes in there Mm -hmm. because of of martyrdom, but if you can kind of overlook those and see see what what the early church went through 
and following Jesus. So that's another one, I, Paul the Apostle. But Our Lady, you know, obviously she's one of the top, she is the top intercessor. Mm-hmm. She's mother of the church and our mother. So any title of Our Lady, and, and relate to her as a mother. I mean, she's our mother and our sister. That's how I relate to her. She's not somebody that stands far off on a pedestal, but she's right with us, carrying us and nurturing us and guiding us and calling us to follow Jesus, her son. So I, under various titles, you can find a title that I, and one of, another title I like of her, Mary's Seat of Wisdom. I love to, I ask her for wisdom every day to guide me in my ministry. And so I pray to her under that title too, Mary's Seat of Wisdom. Very cool. Uh, there's a lot of titles. Our Lady Chestahova, the Polish, mm-hmm. um, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, Our Lady of Perpetual Helps, another special one of mine. And Our Lady of Lords and Our, Our Lady, Lady of, of Lords, Fatima. Fatima. I, I think there might be over a hundred. apparitions. Yeah, she continues to inspire and lead us back to her son. And there's a there's a line somewhere in Revelation chapter 12, I don't remember which verse, but it mentions the woman and that she is the mother of all those who work for her son. So mm-hmm. she's the mother of all Christians, not just Catholics. It's very, very Our Lady of Guadalupe there. images Our Lady in Revelation. She comes clothed with the son. Mm-hmm. That's who she who meets Juan Diego for the salvation of the Mexican and Latin. It's, she's a patroness of the Americas, North and South America. Uh, her title under Immaculate Conception is a patron of the United States of America, but patroness of the Americas is Our Lady Guadalupe. So not just the Mexican people, it's all of us she's come for to guide us. Well, thank you, Father Kevin, for sharing with us some of your devotion to saints and the importance that they play in our lives as Catholics and just the bonus, just the bonus graces. You know, we have the Bible and we have the sacraments and we have the Holy Trinity, but God in his goodness has just surrounded us with all these other witnesses, with saints and with angels and all this help to do the one thing necessary, to be holy and to be united with God here on earth and forever in heaven. So, Father, thank you very much for uh, spending your time with us and for being able to say a few words to our people at St. Basil's. Thank you very much, Tommy. And my blessing goes to not only St. Basil Parish community, its priests, its staff, and all its people, especially the sick, but also to all those who will listen to this podcast because we have a lot of people um, listening and uh, reflecting with us. So may Almighty God bless all of you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Father. If you want to really supercharge your faith life, then make sure you are praying every day. Get a little bit of the Bible in every day. Go to Mass every week, confession every month, and every year. If you do a retreat or pilgrimage, then you will see your life change, and you will see God working in your life in such a very visible way. God bless you. St. Basil the Great, pray for us. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.